Hey everyone, Jibs here from Loreforged. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to episode 13 today. We just wanted to give you a heads up that we ran into some unexpected audio bugs on this episode, and so you may notice it sound a little bit different, and that is why. We certainly do apologize for it, because as you know, here at Loreforged, we have a very high audio standard, and to say this drives us nuts is an understatement, but we hope you enjoy the episode nonetheless. So thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this episode of Loreforged. Take care. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back. This is Loreforged Live. This is episode 13, which is kind of funny because it's number 13 and it's the holiday. Halloween. Halloween edition. So that's pretty awesome. Welcome back. We're your hosts. My name is Jibs and I'm joined by, looks like Mr. Graveyard Digger tonight. We're all dressed up. Uh, Cash? Yes. Yes. I'm I'm Undertaker Edgar this oh, evening. Nice. Yes. Yes. And uh, I actually just spent two hours in the chair letting my insanely talented makeup artist daughter do my face paint because we are Ooh. going to a Halloween party with a bunch of old people tonight. <laughs> <laughs> my mother-in-law is having a, a Halloween party with all of her friends with a taco truck. <laughs> Ooh, that's that's a win. Yeah. That's a so win. tonight's going to be a good time. And um, Sonny's here. What are you wearing, Sonny? I'm wearing a bee outfit. Uh, not actually a bee outfit. I suppose if you're listening to the podcast, you might be like, Sonny's dressed like a bee. No, I am dressed like a beekeeper, <laughs> which is yes. both uh, festive and functional. <laughs> Since next year, I will be hopefully acquiring bees to go with the beekeeping outfit. Um, I am. Yes. Thank you, Carbris. Carbris in the chat said you look like Baron Samdi. This is, is James Bond uh, villain. Oh, okay, okay. You look like a dead ringer for this dude. You might have to Google him. Um, so I am uh, also going to a Halloween party tonight. Uh, it is my uh, fire department shift party for Halloween, and we have a battalion chief that loves this. Very much like you, Cash. This is sort of his thing. And so I'm going to go over there in a beekeeper outfit, and Kelly has a big plump bee outfit. So it is a... Awesome. Uh, it is a tag team event, so we will send pictures. We'll be sure to put that up on the on the Twitters. Wow, look at you go! All right, I, uh, I think he meant I look like Baron Samdi. Yes, no, I'm wearing oh. a beekeeper outfit. Like, I don't oh. look like a James Bond villain. <laughs> yeah, I was like, why? Why is a James Bond villain wearing a beekeeper's no, outfit? You look like a James Bond villain. I look like an idiot in a beekeeping outfit. <laughs> it's uh, from a deleted scene. Jaws wore it. It was a test run for an outfit. If it's not you, I mean, it could be JB. JB is dressed as a pirate, so that I is am. a significantly uh, better uh, scary department than I am, but uh, not quite as, as much as you. JB, I love your costume. Well, thank you. I am just now realizing it's inside out, so there is all <laughs> of that. <laughs> I have a quote from Anchorman that I really, really want to use right now, but seeing how this is a family show, I will not tell you that you look like a pirate hooker and you should go back to your home on a certain island. <laughs> It smells like pure gasoline. <laughs> one of those words was okay. The other one got edited out. Yes, it did. Very that's, well that's done. Called, that's, that's called a problem. live edit. That's what a live edit sounds like. <laughs> Extremely well done. Oh Well, welcome, everybody. Thank you again so much for taking time to push and play and listen to Lore Forge. We appreciate you. Hope you're having a wonderful week. And if you're not, well, we hope it's better by the time you end the show. So this time on the show, we are answering, it's kind of a one of those weird shows where it's like right before something big drops, but we have a lot that we're talking about on the episode. We're talking your mail and then a roundtable discussion on art and design and Ashes of Creation, which is actually quite uh, quite interesting because I, I know we've made references to the visuals in, in Ashes, but I don't believe we've ever actually done a deep dive on the art and design itself so it's going to be a good time but uh before we get started this is the last show until the big day our big extra life day gentlemen cash what are we doing so on november 4th friends we are getting together at noon est for eight hours of a homemade home-brewed ttrpg set in the setting of vera and we're actually really excited. We had a meeting with our with our two friends that are going to be joining us, Katie and Conniff, from our community. And we have uh, Jibs, who's been working extremely hard, including maps and all kinds of stuff for our 
initial quest. And I call it initial quest because this may continue. Like, it depends on how much fun we have, how well this thing goes, which I'm pretty sure it's going to go pretty good. <laughs> but we're really, really excited about this about this campaign that we're doing in Vera. And um, I think we said it last week, but uh, with all of our character character compilation of what we have, our makeup, we do not have a meat shield. We have no tank. So this is going to be very, very interesting. We have a rogue. We have a cleric. We have a mage. And we have a bard. So I think we're going to be talking our way out of a lot of a lot of encounters, but it's really going to be fun. And folks, we're doing it in the name of uh, Extra Life and the Children's Miracle Network. We're going to be raising as many funds as we can for kids. And those funds are going to be going to the same organization that Intrepid donates to. And that is going to be Rady Children's Hospital in the city of San Diego, California. So we're super excited. Join us, twitch.tv forward slash loreforgedhq. It's going to be a good time. Uh, I was looking yeah. at the... The show. I finally finished up the quest. I've been. I didn't realize till f- uh, Thursday. I've been working on this quest for a m- month straight, every, just about every week. And I looked. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's 22 pages. We got a lot. <laughs> we got a lot. We're going through, boys. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, we're gonna need a potty break in there somewhere. <laughs> there, yeah. Oh no. Nope. You're peeing no? your pants. Can I get a funnel? <laughs> We're also going to have to go nice and slow on the alcohol. <laughs> oh, yeah. For the for kids. Sure. <laughs> it's right. for the kids. Why are we doing this again? It's so long. <laughs> That'd be the day. We're sitting here doing a quest, and all of a sudden you start hearing a steady stream of water. Cash, what are you doing? <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> Do you remember when I had my oh. old, uh, when I lived in my old house and I had the setup where when somebody would flush the toilet, it would sound like waterfalls? Yes. Because yes. I built my uh, my recording thing into a closet and the closet had a water pipe behind it that I didn't realize. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, my yes, other- folks, we have all come from humble beginnings. <laughs> my other favorite was the garage door. You'd be talking and all of a sudden you hear a steady... Just... <laughs> <laughs> so, well, Sonny's house is being bulldozed. <laughs> uh, well, it turns out they're wiping down your house. All right. Oh, well, everyone, thank you again for hanging out with us. And uh, so we're going to go ahead and jump right into it today. We have your mail. Dun, dun, dun. And first up, uh, you know what? I'm not even going to say anything. I'm just going to push play. You got to check out who this is here. Hi, this is XXBongSlayer69XX, and I'd appreciate it if you'd stop slandering me. I doubt Cash and his pointing ears will even try to fight me. He's probably going to play some ranger or a class like that, and I'll just one-shot him. Cash, you should see Dr. Burns about those ears. Well, I'm going to go listen to Nickelback and take some fatty bong rips. Hashtag Nikua for life. <laughs> wow. He got them both. XX Bong Slayer <laughs> coming in hot. Favorite XX, gamer name ever. <laughs> XX Bong Slayer, uh, better known as Burns from Burns. the Ashes of Relation, got a Dr. running Burns start. You. <laughs> he got Dr. a Burns. running start and kicked Cash in the nuts. Both of them. <laughs> uh, that is too funny. No, that you was called awesome. him out. You said you were, he was going to be the first person you were going to PK. <laughs> No he's kidding. like, bring it. <laughs> Apparently, he took offense to that, and he's probably practicing his rotation already. He's practicing which... his running kick. <laughs> uh, no, thank you. That was actually re- really, really cool. And I got a good, solid laugh the first time that I heard that when we were putting our, our show notes together. That was pretty good. So, uh, Burns, thank you. Big shout out for Burns. He's with Ashes of Relation. If you haven't caught his videos, um, Please do so because he's pretty darn talented guy, and he's he's a physician. Burns is he is actually a physician? A physician? I I, th- I, think I think he said he's getting I'm ready to finish. Pretty sure he's finishing his uh, his uh, schooling. It's awesome. Wow. So yeah, so I will I will see you about my ears. I don't think there's anything that you can do about it at this point unless we do something uh, drastically surgical, like Civil but, War um, era fix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah no kidding. Like. 
So sorry, Cash, you're gonna lose your ear. <laughs> <laughs> you're just gonna have gaping holes. You're gonna look like you're gonna look like Grendel from Beowulf. <laughs> oh man, that's so truly the reference to ear holes. <laughs> I know. I know. It's not like I don't already look like Nosferatu, but it's okay. I own it. Carberson chat says nothing like a nothing a cheese grater can't fix. <laughs> Carbris, that is so medieval. Oh, that's awesome. And by the way, folks, dark, everyone tuning in, dark. come join us at the live show, uh, twitch.tv forward slash loreforwards HQ. You come be a part and take in all the uh, unedited glory of the things that happen here. All right. Uh, so next up, we have a close friend of ours, Ardeth. Let's take a listen. Hey, guys, it's Ardeth. Um, been sitting in my unit at work thinking about what to talk about for this voicemail, and I uh, don't really have any questions about. Ashes of Creation, but I wanted to leave want to leave a message anyway. Um, you know, whether I'm at work, uh, at home, or most recently the hospital with my with my son, you guys have always provided an escape, uh, a mental journey away from the troubles of real life. Um, and uh, your friendship your friendships have meant so much to me over the almost decade of being part of the community. And uh, I just want to say, love you guys and keep up the good work. And no matter how much you guys grow as creators. Please keep being yourself and never change. Much love, our death. Ah, I love that guy. Very kind. Very kind. Yeah. Yeah, that would that was very, very kind. And I'm not crying, you're crying, you jerks. <laughs> you're gonna ruin your makeup. <laughs> My makeup's gonna your run. Your eyeliner's gonna run. <laughs> it does. I feel like um, JB, you should have some eyeliner as well. I like should. a real uh, I, Johnny Depp sort I'm of not like. really Jack prepared. That's, that's that'd be a, that's a fair assumption. Yeah, it's uh Little guy reached out to Ardeth the other day too, because I want to check in and make sure you know how he's doing and everything with the kiddo. So yeah, hope he gets better and gets to feeling better. And mom and dad are doing well. And, and it it does bring it brings a couple things to light. First of all, um, I know he's he's going through some struggles with his little dude, and um, it's like I can just imagine the stress that that brings. Um, mm-hmm. But it's this is very relevant for for what we're doing and like where our hearts are at, because uh, not only are our hearts with Ardeth, obviously. Um, and, you know, community members that have stuff like that going on. But like this brings to light what children's hospitals do for kids. Like it's massive. This is why Extra Life is so important to us and why I think what is this, our 11th year, 10th year yeah. doing Extra Life. It's 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 quite a bit. Um, and the second thing it brings to light is the importance and benefit of community. Like this is it's so much fun to to watch our community grow and uh the last community that that we really helped to foster was our our lore seekers community for elder scrolls online and that community just continues to thrive and real life friendships brew out of stuff like this and and you could you can hear it in our death's message um he's a good friend of ours and has been for quite a while and that is what we're looking to build at Loreforged, and slowly but surely we are building that we can see it starting to to take shape so if you're looking for a community if you're an adult um if you're looking to just get an escape from all of the nasty crap the world deals to you then come come visit us come join us um because what we're building is going to be pretty darn special and we can see as this game ramps up and we can see as the um, as we get for as we get closer to Alpha Two and the beta stages and launch, Loreforge is going to be something pretty darn special. Um, we're we're very very good about monitoring the folks that come in and make sure that there's a good mesh, and that is what uh, will really help to build a good solid community. And that is our goal. So come and join us if you're looking for a place to game with really good people. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, just to echo that. I mean, gaming friends have been real friends, right? Like uh, we've we've met uh, we've met more real friends through gaming than I ever thought would be possible, and it's just the way the world works now, and especially the way that it works for us. So, yeah, come say hi. We'd love to meet you. Mm, absolutely. We always say uh, gaming's better with friends. So you know, come be a part. Goodness, well, gentlemen, to the main event of the evening, we're going to talk a little bit about art and design and ashes of creation. And, uh, you know, just as we kind of just open this up here, when it comes to visuals, particularly in the MMO space, guys, we've seen a lot, a lot going on and um, varying styles of, of graphics, of visuals, things that MMOs that are still around. And, of course, with time have aged 
um, some better than others. And then, of course, you have brand new releases uh, that have recently come out, like New World. And, um, you know, absolutely looks stunning. Uh, a new release, I mean, within the last three years. And so um, I guess when it comes to... And really, there's a million different ways we could skin this cat. But I guess when it starts with one of the main things that we've seen so much of already when it comes to Ashes of Creation and just from all the videos, uh, particularly the Highwayman Hills, but just the environments. We've seen visuals of, of forests and we've seen the the desert, especially in the, the trailer from years ago now, I guess. Uh, but And snowy mountains and whatnot. But what do you guys think? So when it comes to like environments in ashes of creation is the design of what we're seeing does it fit does it fit the high fantasy setting is it feel like it's a natural addition to this genre that we all have come to know and love yeah so i I want to address some of this first this is a very broad topic that you've introduced here and and i love it uh i think that the uh, art and design that that ashes put forth is it's highlighted in a question that you asked in the show notes. And I don't know if I'm taking it out of context here, but man, certain times we've been doing podcasts for a long time uh, together. And sometimes the, the show notes are very detailed and we go in order and everything like that. And then every now and then something hits in the show notes for me, like so hard that I have a hard time getting away from that because I feel like I want to address it right away. And the question that, the question that was asked was, does Ashes have enough of a style unto itself? Does, is Ashes as an MMO different enough or better enough or whatever that it has its own thing? And so all of the stuff that we're going to talk about here with regards to environments and with regards to regions and, and then with regards to characters and everything like that, I think the underpinning question to all of this is, is Ashes doing something to make it Ashes, right? Mm. And I don't know if I can say yes to that quite yet. I think that the things that they're putting out are beautiful. I really do. And with the change to Unreal 5, uh, it's it is just night and day difference, right? You're seeing God rays out of like certain caverns and stuff and the, the cape physics. And I'm sure that we'll talk about capes because we all three of us love the capes. <laughs> um, but the question that 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 I have and I don't have a great answer and I'd love to hear your opinion on this thing is is does it look different enough like ashes or is this something that that is just kind of generically good looking at this point what do you think about that well it's uh generally good looking yes but uh <laughs> very 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 good looking <laughs> i love i love that you asked that overall question right as we start this this conversation because we re- we have so many things within what we have seen from Ashes of Creation so far in the development of the game that relate directly to art design. And we're going to cover a lot of these things, just as Sonny was saying, but I'm, I, I'm very, very glad that you threw that lob in there in that that is what we should be focusing on as we have this discussion. Is it unique enough? There has been talk of that out there, whether it's on Reddit or the forums and like, does Ashes have its own flavor? And I think... Until we know more of the lore, until we can truly immerse ourselves in the game, that is a very loaded question that maybe one cannot answer right away. Because you, you look at other games like World of Warcraft, you can see a screen of World of Warcraft and know immediately that is World of Warcraft. That's World of Warcraft's flavor. It's stylized. It's this. It's got a little bit of steampunk thrown in. It's got um, a whole lot of high fantasy thrown in. So you can immediately recognize it. Uh, games like Star Wars, you can immediately recognize Star Wars just because of the the mixture of tech with magical fantasy um, so it, it automatically has its own flavor. You know, by the way, it's a what? Oh my God! How old is Star Wars at this point? Nineteen seventies all the way until twenty twenty three, baby. <laughs> I don't even. It's almost fifty years old, you guys. So yeah, it's had time to brew. 
in style that almost makes me want to effing throw up. <laughs> just, just figured that out. Thanks like, for oh. tuning in. The three of us are going to go throw each other off cliffs right now. Oh my God. It was like, from, it was a few years before I was born. So to hang on once again. Oh. Okay. I'm good. I'm good with the age thing now. So, um, but there are some IPs out there. You can immediately see and recognize that that IP is that IP. Mm. Now, Ashes hasn't had, this is my personal opinion, Ashes has not had its time on our planet in order to, in order for folks to truly recognize it, see a screenshot and go, that is Ashes of Creation. I think that is something that will come in time. And I think folks just to have, they need to have patience with that because once we get into the game, and we start to immerse ourselves in Vera and we start to see expansions and learn the lore and they increase the amount of content that is out there for the game world, then you will really be able to look at something and see a symbol or see uh, an etching on, on a stone tablet or something that is within the game or see a statue of a deity. That is when we will truly know it. And it's going to depend on how much you decide to delve into the lore if you dive into the lore if you stick with lore forged i guarantee you you're going to gut through a lot of lore lessons you're going to figure these things out and be able to make those recognitions but as for right now i, th I really think it's too early to tell just looking at a single screen or multiple screens and be able to say unless you're following the development of the game because you're going to be able to go i know that cape i know the physics of that cape that is ashes of creation that is what they are building right now but other than that like if you're just talking from a pure lore and art perspective there's definitely high fantasy in there and i think that's about all at this point that you can recognize until we all know the game better i think that's a really good point and, and whenever i and i don't want to speak for all mmo players because that's you know impossible but and maybe i could just ask you guys too so whenever you're watching like a video as general MMO players that we are, whenever you see a, gra a visual, you know, from a game that you don't recognize, what's your first response? For me, typically, it's, ooh, what MMO is this? Because releases are pretty few and far between from high-level releases. So I feel like, generally speaking, most MMO players want to play everything that comes out. Uh... Now, there's people who are, no matter what, this is their game, and that's cool, that's awesome, they found their game. But, I mean, like, just generally speaking, you know, there's always going to be those players that want to check out the next MMO, because we don't get very many. So, like, when you see something, unless you know what it is, is that your first response? Like, oh, yeah, it's, what is this? I want to check it out. Yeah, definitely. I think that the, uh, I usually know, right? Like, when I see one, I usually know what it is. Right. Uh, I mean, you can see certain games and immediately know exactly what it is. And if I don't know what it is, then it's usually in a category of, like, those sort of Korean MMOs, right? Like, they all sort of look the same. And I'm like, oh, it's one of those, and I just haven't played it. Like, they all kind of look like Black Desert Online to me. Yeah. Um, but uh, if I don't know what that game is, then absolutely, I'm kind of like, well, what is this? And I, I think that the, I mean, Cash brought up a good point that we just haven't seen enough of it. I think that that on a, um, if I'm going to critique it at this early, early, early stage, which is always kind of unfair, um, it looks to me like New World, right? Like it looks like if you took some screenshots from in the woods of New World with a character and then you showed me ashes in the woods, like I think I might have difficulty discerning between the two just from a, you know, a 3000 foot view. Uh, it would be a little bit uh, it would be a little bit difficult for me to distinguish between them because it's all that very high fidelity graphic type of stuff. When you have other games like uh, SWOTOR, that can be uh, that can be a very stylized thing and it doesn't necessarily look great, um, but you sure do know what it is. The the one that I thought really kind of wins for me is Warcraft because Warcraft, when I see Warcraft, I know exactly what it is. But at the same time, we've played Warcraft long enough to have those moments where we're walking around and it looks beautiful. 
right? Mm-hmm. So how is this game that is so stylized and kind of cartoony, how are they able to also make it look beautiful? And at the same time, we all can instantly recognize it as as Warcraft. Don't you think that's kind of the gold standard, at least? Isn't that what we're looking for with Ashes? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I th- genuinely think that... Uh as people become more acquainted with what it looks like to me, they'll know, be able to spot it instantly what it is. To me, anytime I see Ashes of Creation, the thing that always stands out to me, it always seems like it's very bright. Very, very vibrant with the lighting. Very, very yeah, I'll high give you that color one. So it's like, oh, that's the giveaway to me so far when I see Ashes of Creation art design is, oh, there's that high, those uh, very bright high beams coming from that sun, basically any light source. And uh, But outside of that, Cash, what do you think? I'm really glad that Sonny mentioned that it's a little bit unfair at this point, because if you have a if you have a game that sits within an IP that is immediately recognizable. Right. So and like I mentioned before, Star Wars, look at Elder Scrolls. You can look at Elder Scrolls, but these are franchises that have lasted for so, so long. So. I'm glad you mentioned. Un- I think it's unfair at this point in order for uh, for us to be able to recognize those IPs. Um, I, j- I really think that Ashes needs time to simmer. So if you look at Ashes, say five years down the road, and people have had the opportunity to live in Vera and learn to love Vera and immerse themselves in Vera, that's going to be when you can take any screen. And recognize it immediately as ashes. Look at some games that maybe we dabbled in, right? New World, I think, is I think New World is going to be the low-hanging fruit for a lot of this discussion because we know that their environments and their their art design is freaking lights out banger. It really is. We all know that. But you take a game like Lineage 2, or take a game like um Arcage. Okay, both good in their time. But could you look at any screen right now, a still screen and be able to go unless you played that game for a year or two, lived in that world, immersed yourself in that fantasy setting. Would you be able to look at it without the UI and say that's lineage two? Nope. no. See what I mean? So. When you give a game time to cook, I think it's a little bit unfair right off the bat to say that Ashes doesn't have their own style yet. The style they are creating is a high fantasy setting minus um, steampunk elements, which I think is great. Um, uh, It has been mentioned that uh, steampunk is not the way that they want to go, and that's a route that a lot of games have taken. Guild Wars 2 took that route. World of Warcraft obviously took that route where, you know, you're looking at your tinkers and the goblins and the and the um, gnomes and they they give it a very steampunk vibe intermixed with high fantasy. And that is and Elder Scrolls did it, too, with the Dwemer. So to be able to have that um, within a high fantasy setting is just going to take time in order for that for that to go um, in order for you to be able to recognize that. That is this IP over that IP. I want to throw this at you guys real quick here as another point of, of conversation. What, what environments have you seen in games that you think are incredibly unique? And, and I am going to extract New World because I really think hmm. New World, like I said, is the low-hanging fruit on this one. So I, I really want you guys to put your, your thinking caps on for this one and, and try and find what games you feel really did have like a unique spin on the fantasy setting that they're, that they're trying to portray. Are we just talking MMOs or all games? Whatever you want, whatever you want that you think has that really had a notable setting. Fable. Ooh, I'm going to go fable. I'm going to go with fable. I'll never forget to this day. It's one of the most dear IPs to me. I'm still waiting on that next one. And I'm basically to me, I've been waiting for the next one since since 2005, like forever. Where you know. are they on the next Fable? I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's like but, Duke Nukem forever at this yeah. point. <laughs> Coming out in 25 years. Uh, for me, it was always it was always so telling that it was a that it was Fable because of the 
I'll never forget, oddly enough, it's the boots. The boots versus the legs. The boots were always way bigger than the legs were on this kid that basically you watch grow up and get old as you play. And and just had this whimsical kind of design where it honestly you see a lot of it on sites like um artstation.com or like behance where where artists will put all their arts artistic stuff a lot of kids are doing that now out of college that's a lot of the style that they'll work through it seems like first is is the kind of this fable style where artists will put all their arts That's going on the Dang list it. of Jim's <laughs> no, comments. No, come on. <laughs> Jim's saying where artists That's will where put, all artists their put their art. They put know? their art. Uh, like some it. art that you f- it fell off the back of a truck, and we <laughs> put it in the place where we put the arts, you know? Oh, <laughs> honey, my love for you will never falter. I ever. told my wife the other day, I said, do you know he has a list of stuff I've said over the years, and I didn't know this until recently? And she just lost it. She said, that's, that's fitting. It like, does you know, track. Um, it's my life. I mean, you're you're right. The, the, you're right on all of this stuff. Like, it's such a subjective thing, right? Like, if it feels right to you, then it is right. And um, and immediately for me, some of the things that I thought were super unique was the Emerald Dream for Warcraft. <gasps> I thought that was just great. You know, it's this whole place. It's got the dragon. It's the everything is just weird sort of emerald green and and you just exist in this place in between time uh which is super cool some of the ones i mean no matter what game i'm in i always love the sort of northern coniferous forest type of stuff and so when warcraft went into some of the the i guess medium expansions i won't say early expansions and definitely not late expansions but they had you know north rend and stuff like that and and i always thought those were were very cool and those are the kind of places that i really get a kick out of but but vladis had an, an awesome one he was like halo i mean halo was oh yeah really unique you're in the ring yeah. and you can see the arch of the ring in the distance and I remember being in the game thinking, like, there's no way that I can run from here <laughs> to there, right? Like, Oh, my gosh. And you couldn't. But, like, it gave you that illusion that, like, you really are on the inside of a gravitational ring, which was amazing. Yeah. You know, that, that kind of stuff was super cool. I never really had that feeling about Elder Scrolls. I thought Elder Scrolls was very just fantasy, fantasy. Everything in it was very predictable to me. Like, this is what it's going to look like because this is what it is. Uh, and and it fit the game very well, but nothing was very surprising. So mm. I do like having a bit of both where the game, the, the graphics and the art design and everything fits the game. But then every now and then you get uh, something that really turns your head and you're like, oh, this is different, different, yeah. different. Yeah. Um, I didn't feel like New, New World had a lot of the first and not a lot of the second to me. It had a lot of the predictable stuff and it looked gorgeous, but it didn't have a lot of the the really different and creative stuff. So hopefully Ashes has some of that. I love that you brought up Halo. I'll never, ever forget playing Xbox and they had the demo of Halo. And I remember stepping into it circa early 2001, I think is when it was. And uh, I'm sitting there playing it and I'm just like, oh my gosh, the ring looks like it goes on. Did you see that? What's a plasma grenade? Look at the, oh my God, you know. <laughs> and then I had to have a friend's grandpa buy it for us. And meanwhile, he's from like a church and he's like, what is this game? And I'm like, I don't know, man. Aliens. Yeah. All right. <laughs> this game is evil. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah, like I love that you brought that up. The visuals, it was so immersive. And even Vladis in chat, good to see you, buddy, is uh, mentioning as well. You just felt like I could go there. It's so cool. I'm going to have to say for me that uh, the one that that has really impressed me, and I called for this one a long, long time ago, was, um, first of all, the Realm of Oblivion in Elder Scrolls. I thought was Mm. really cool because you have this oblivion, which is which is the home for all of these deities that are that were out there. And there were so many of them. But the one that I really, really did want to see was the the realm of Apocrypha where uh, Hermaeus Mora was. And it's basically a realm that is just like space and time and books, tons and tons of books. And it, I thought for me, it was it was it's very, very inventive, first of all, to have something like that in a game. And it was um, 
it's like Hermes Moore was not known as as being either good or evil, but just kind of being the keeper of all things, um, both knowledgeable and destructive. And then he has this this amazing realm where things just get lost in this intricate black hole of knowledge. And the more knowledge that you learn, just the dumber you get, which I think was just <laughs> super, super cool. And there's it's just it's just tons of Daedric text everywhere. And I really, really was super intrigued by this. And there was a a per, um, a quest line in particular within Elder Scrolls Online that started out from the underground area, like the basement area of this creepy old mansion. And it just told the coolest freaking story of Hermaeus Mora and um, and that deity. I, I dug that a lot. So I was really, really interested in, in seeing more of that. And I know they eventually turned it into an expansion in that game. But I really thought that that was just a very, very inventive thing. And I like... I like things like that, that take you to other planes of whatever universe you're in uh, and just really kind of let you explore more of the story and immerse your character in some of the things that you've maybe read about or heard about. And now all of a sudden, boom, it's an expansion or it's additional content that you get to go through. And that's the kind of stuff that I like to see built into into game lore. Mm. JB, I'm going to ask you a question here. Um, do you think that as graphics get better with gaming cards improving and engines getting better and everything like that, that games are becoming more recognizable or less recognizable unto themselves? I think, truthfully, the... I'm not going to name MMOs because I don't want to be that guy. I'm not into that. But as systems have gotten better... Games even two years old now are looking very rough. I noticed this whenever I took my rig, what I built in January, shout out to Stark, uh, and going back and playing Red Dead Redemption 2, which I'll never forget. Stunning game on 1080. And I come over to 1440 and got everything cranked up to, the, you know, the hog heaven. And, and then I'm seeing it, and, and it just doesn't look as good. I go to, I go to other MMOs, at, and I just, like... I loved this for years, you know, and I look at it now and I'm like, yes, it's, it's to no fault of its own, right? It's just time. It's progression of time and, and, and new tech. And, and it's just like, this just looks so different. It's just so, so different. And I just feel like, Sonny, I feel like I'm not answering your question, but like, I just feel like as things have gotten better, things that are older are starting to get judged a little bit more than they used to. Mm. You know, interesting. Look at Skyrim. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, like look at Skyrim. How, how many hours have we sunk into Skyrim individually? And you look at it now and you're like, Oh, whoa. Yeah. That looks like hot garbage. Yeah. It, at this point, it, it, it kind of does. And it's just because we are, we are being conditioned as the years go by and as, and as tech evolves, we are being conditioned to the way that things are going to look. And it's it's sad. Like it is. Jibs, you and I have been having have been having the issue, maybe me more than you, but <laughs> with Warcraft Classic. <laughs> yeah. For as cool as the premise of Warcraft Classic is, to me it just does not beat the experience that you can get in retail, both visually and content wise. It's just I think the art style has just evolved. And it's it's a good thing that that particular game was built on a platform that could be evolved like that. And I think stylized art and don't get me wrong, I'm very glad that Ashes of Creation is not going the way of stylized art. But stylized art just has the ability to evolve more because you can add more things to to that. And like and I'll, I'll never say that I'm a developer, but just based based on what I have seen in following the development of games is that a stylized art has more ability to be upgraded over time whereas it gets harder to do that with an engine yeah that's a little bit more realistic and that's why i get really excited when i hear that ashes is keeping up with the times and constantly upgrading to uh, later versions of unreal makes me happy 
Yeah, I think of uh, the one that I always think of when it comes to stylized artists, Swotor, right? And mm-hmm. you have these. So, <clears throat> you know, there's some of the stuff that we were going to talk about, about games that did it well and games that did not do it well. Swotor is 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 definitely top of mind for me in in a lot of that front because they did the stylized art thing right off the bat. They said this is exactly what it's going to be. We are going to have this sort of feel and it is instantly recognizable. You know exactly what's going on, the lightsabers, the way that that it all has round edges on everything and the characters have you know, not very defined features. They're sort of all a little bit cartoony on everything like that. And uh, it, you just, you can't avoid looking at it and knowing that this is exactly what Swotor is. And so I didn't even so much mind the characters and the look of it. But what I thought they did really, really poorly was the environments. And I couldn't really get over that 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 i just thought that the things looked what worked for them in the stylized art of the characters worked against them in the stylized art of the environments Mm. uh it 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 just didn't translate to me at all i thought that the places looked uh devoid of life i guess i would say Uh, there just was not enough life and so sometimes when we go into new mmos and we see things that have a realistic look the detail in the houses, you know, the detail in the stones on the outside and the moss growing in the cracks and things like that. Uh, it can really bring a place to it can really bring a place to life in a way that I think that stylized art does cool things with characters and really misses the mark on environments. That's mm. just an observation that I feel like I, I, I feel pretty strongly about that over the years. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Carver's in chat says, at this point, traditional art style is not traditional anymore. And that's pretty true. You see a lot of stylized, but honestly, and going off of that, a couple things. Number one, the stylized, the traditional art seems to be what's coming back on its its way out. You have Pax Day. You have, of course, Ashes of Creation. And a couple other MMOs that are actually, I can't remember it. I forget this name. It's like a, I think it's ancient. Europe. Anyway, um, yeah, it, it just has this tra- traditional art style and something that's probably going to be pushing your cards a little bit more than, say, a traditional art style. So anyway, when you talked about SWOTOR, that, that is a slight disagreement. It's, it's that, number one, the characters absolutely, to this day, look like Play-Doh. Like, they, they just, <laughs> like, they did not age well. <laughs> like, I said I'm not going to be that guy, but here I am being that guy. Like, it just, you know, it, it, it wasn't really updated and I think that when it comes to MMOs, like particularly nowadays, like you really have to invest in updating equally as much as, you know, updating the game you know, systems themselves and, and features for your player base. But nowadays with the way that tech is kind of going back to the original you know, discussion, how we somewhat dove into this, it, it really would behoove any company to really put a priority on keeping those visuals updated. Because it just seems like, and really for MMOs, like they've never been super groundbreaking visually anyway. I mean, like, you know, just super, super high end, right? Because you always got to find that middle ground for players so they can play. But it just, gosh, I just really hope that Ashes is proactive when it comes to keeping their visuals updated over the next, you know, five, ten years, however long the game goes. That's going to stem on the success of the game. You know, you look at a game like like SWOTOR and SWOTOR struggled uh, after launch and they lost a huge portion of their team. Yep. So you lose a huge portion of your team and it's really going to limit the resources that you have to keep those visuals being updated. It's going to limit the resources that you have to continue to to create and pump out good content. I mean, look at their last expansion, the the expansion was good, but the one of the biggest complaints was that story was way too short. Yeah. Way too short. They just do they got cut. And that is that brings up a, a larger problem. And that larger problem being when you lose support from the company that you have, and you have this this big old publisher that does isn't really standing behind the product very much anymore, then they are gonna downsize your team. And that's what the beauty of Ashes of Creation is, is that 
as long as the game is successful, this is why launch is just so critical. It's so critical that the launch is just absolutely nailed because when you have the support of the game, it allows that uh, the, a higher player base. It'll allow a higher amount of income to come into Intrepid and it will allow Intrepid to employ people to execute all those things that you need in order to have a long-standing successful MMO. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to disagree with a little bit of that, but you you both bring up an excellent point um that the the MMO genre does not lend itself to to high-end graphics, right? There has to be a give and take on this because of what MMOs involve and that is lots and lots of characters lots and lots of people that are running around and the ability to render those people on the fly in real time so it is difficult to get super high end uh super high end stuff on that the part that i'll disagree with you a little bit on is the launch um especially when it comes to the money that comes in for something like that because you look at new world and new world had it had the high and the low, much like Star Wars did. Um, Star Wars had the high and the low. They had the high of all of the money coming in right at the beginning with all of the people playing. They didn't have the things to support it. New World didn't have the game to support it. Swotor didn't have the game to support it. And so it tailed off. But man, they made a boatload of money in those first few months, right? So it wasn't like they didn't have the money to keep doing those things. It's the long-standing run that allows you to upgrade those kind of things. So it, when ESO is able to upgrade things over time, it's because they had a launch and then it went down, but they they figured out a way to be in the green, or pardon me, in the black, I should say, in the black for uh, a long enough time that they were able to spend that money. Warcraft is a great example, right? Warcraft launches and they have graphics that are X, and then... Five, six years later, their their team is looking at each other's like, okay, we we really gotta do something about this, right? Like this game is dated. And so, but they had so much money from a long-standing successful game that they were able to do that. So it, to be able to succeed over time, in my opinion, allows you to have uh those kind of things. So when we when we talk, I'm not even mad at you for disagreeing with me. I mean, I am a little, but whatever. <laughs> Now, one of the things that I really did want to want to get into is that Ashes of Creation is filled with so many different aspects of their art style. And I, I want to start maybe getting your opinion and kind of chunking some of these off, because when you really think about it, there there are quite a few of them that the art style affects. Um, the first one to me would be character design. Like when you look at the characters... How do you see Ashes of Creations, the art style in regards to the character? How do you see it differing from other games and maybe what other games is it similar to? So when, when you're talking about character design with Ashes of Creation, like there's there's some stuff that we know and some stuff that we don't know, right? That we know and we suspect that it's going to be pretty detailed, like really detailed. And so you have to look at some of those Bethesda style games where you have very very high end detail of character looks that kind of stuff usually gets lost on me a little bit you spend all this time in the character creator and you love it remember like all three of us are on board with this we want time in the character creator but it, once you get in once you get in the game you you are always looking at distances from your characters. And so you're not going to be able to tell that like three degree eyebrow change that you made on a character. And that's kind of the downside of MMOs is you, you can't ever do that. So I do like the Bethesda style uh, changes to those things. I think when you have ashes of creation and character design, how ashes is going to separate itself from these other games. It's through those races that are creative um, it's going to be through the Nakua. It's going to be through the the Vec. It's, it's not going to be through the humans, right? Humans are humans. We know what the humans are going to look like. We know what their art style is going to look like. I want Ashes to distinguish itself so that you were able to look at a screen, like we said at the beginning of the podcast, look at a screen and say, that's Ashes. And you do it through the character creation on those lesser races, on the ones that are really unique to Ashes. That's how you create something that looks different. That's a good point. That's a great point. I don't, th I don't think I can follow that up. I think you, 
<laughs> the nail on the head. I think uh, just real quick, one thing that came to my mind was from a character design design standpoint, the thing that's going to bring to me is it resembles a lot of BDO, Black Desert Online, I think. But honestly, I think Ashes of Creation, generally not hyper-related at all. Just after watching the video and seeing the minute details that you can go into incorporating your character, it's going to be the new, as far as recent releases, it'll be the top tier for character design. The way that you're able to just take those all kinds, I mean, you, there's... Just go watch the video. Anyone who's listening, go watch the character creator development update video. It's insane. And so having stuff like that, I think it's going to make it to where like this is this is the basis. OK, so then, then let, let's take it to another spot. What are your thoughts on like the creatures, the monsters and the creatures that are being created in the world? How do you feel that, that those are different from other MMOs? And do you think it's th- something like that would is giving Ashes of Creation its own flavor? I don't think it's enough yet. Uh, and I think that it's the problem of this being the too early to tell kind of uh, thing, because we're seeing like the lake lands and we're seeing, you know, the the, the highwayman hills and, and stuff like that. And those are great areas to demo a lot of mechanics, but you're not going to see like crazy unique things there. Um, I expect that that's kind of a lower level area. This is not an end game type of thing. And you're going to see the kind of things that you would expect in those lower level areas. So I don't think that we've seen a lot of the really interesting uh, mobs that are out there enough that those are the kind of things that are going to distinguish ashes. I think you're going to see like a lot of bears and uh, and stuff like that. Now, the game that I will say changed that for me right off the bat was new world because when you saw bears in new world they were like resurrected undead bears right from the beginning and they had that cool you know red um whatever the hell it was vibe uh that was bringing them back to life and and that kind of thing was present throughout the game but it was their fundamental core lore concept that was going on there ashes doesn't really have that to me yet and I'm curious to see if there is like a common thread throughout there, because that would be something you could put in mobs, like a common thread as to what the world looks like after the, you know, the cataclysm and they're coming back through the portal. Um, what kind of world is there a connective tissue throughout the world um, that exists with the essence? I, I'm kind of in the same boat with Sonny. I think it's this game. It's too early to tell as far as visuals with the creatures just yet because we've seen very limited amounts and honestly a lot of it was more so than recent uh more more of it was older way before ue uh, unreal engine 5 and so i can't really put like a good beat on that just yet but i mean watching tumok i mean you know pretty alpha 2 i mean that was cool i mean you know the whole experience that they provided it was pretty neat so i look forward to seeing more and then probably can make a better judgment on that one and I think like things like Tumok, I think that is that's a standard MMO fantasy world stuff. I mean, it's a Cyclops giant. Like you're going to see that kind of stuff. You're going to see avian races and and um, uh, you're going to see um, what are the the sea, the sea little sea races, little slithery Naga. You're going to see Naga looking things, M- right? Mermen. They're merman. 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 It's merman. It's merman, um, dad. But but I I am to a certain point going to disagree with you guys. I mean, if you, if you look at if you look at the bestiary of what Ashes of Creation has, I mean, it's got like spiders like walking around with like freaking scorpion things coming out of them. It's got um it's got different types of uh, of water creatures that are, you know, a good hybrid mix between uh, two different species of animal. It's got uh, it's got like weird looking demons and just uh, there's all it's got like four winged hawks flying around. Are they like super unique? I would say maybe no, because to me, in order to be super unique in a fantasy setting, you got to have lore behind a lot of this stuff. It is it unique in, in general? Yes, I absolutely believe it is. And I think the more you look into it, the more you see, oh, that's actually kind of cool looking. I've never seen something like that before. I think the more you look into it, the more you do see that that they are putting a flavor on it. Whether or not those flavors of of these different character or these different uh, bestiary types are becoming um, a household name yet? No. And I think that goes back to what I was saying before. We just need more time to simmer 
in this world. Now, here's here's another question. So we have all these various different types of armor or all these various different types of like creatures and and races and all that stuff. What do you feel about and this is just kind of wide open, but about the races in regards to what we've seen of the different armors and equipments and architectural architectural styles. And it's like, what do you feel is is truly unique there in regards to races and the visuals of those things? I'm going to go with Dunir, even though it's the most basic fantasy dwarf. I'm going with Dunir as far as unique because it's the first MMO that's next gen that brings the classic vibe of Dunir. And that to me, I find it to be very unique from a race standpoint. And equally, to be honest with you, I have no intention of playing one, but I appreciate the heck out of them, and that's the Pyre. I've been thinking a lot about the Pyre lately with the Extra Life thing, or Extra Life, uh, not thank goodness, uh, event coming up. And it's just something that I find very unique. They look amazing, absolutely amazing. And so, yeah, I'm going to say Pyre and, and Dunir. I think that I'm going to go with, I mean, obviously the Nakua, but I'm going to start with the Vec. Like, uh, talk about a class that I don't intend to play. Um, the Vec is uh, is super interesting, and the the way that they've done that is 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 very good. The the Nakua, obviously, for me, is the just the the best right they've they've taken a race and they flipped it on its head and they made it totally different and they're adding uh, a characteristic with the the beach you know the beach vibe that just doesn't exist in mmos pretty much right but you can't get away from the tulnar can you like mm-hmm. that like how do you how do we talk about ashes of creation and not talk about the tulnar and the reason we talk about ashes of creation and not about the tulnar is because we don't know enough about the tulnar we don't have enough tulnar assets we don't have enough information about the tulnar it is the MacGuffin. <laughs> so it is the MacGuffin of Ashes of Creation um, that that exists out there that we need to know more about uh, in order to answer this question. But the other the other side of the question that you asked is in relation to the architecture. And I think that is one of my favorite things about being a part of this process with you guys is that this is a game that is putting that question in the forefront they're putting the question of we have races what is their architectural influences what do they like to build and how do they like those things to look Mm. and that's super cool every game does this but i don't think that they put the question out there as much as this one does they say they they really ashes really puts that out there and makes you think about it Mm. i'm really glad that you brought up the the vec I really am. And and the reason being is this. I think that different from other games that have had, like, say you have a race and now all of a sudden they release a, a different tribe of that same race. So you look at the, is it the Macor orcs? Uh, Macar? Macar orcs and just regular orcs, right? Mm-hmm. Or yeah. the the two different types of trolls that you could get in a game like World of Warcraft. In Ashes, they've taken the orcs and they've gone with an entire subspecies of orcs. So you have like your typical orc, orky orcs, like like we referred to, mm-hmm. we've referred to a couple times in videos, our orky orcs. And then you have the Vec. And the Vec is more of a goblin type of an orc. So you're taking an orc and mixing it with a goblin and giving it a whole bunch of like fantasy features that a goblin would have, like being gold hoarders and very secretive and I love that they did that and they made the Kyvek orcs two completely different things in the Renkai and the Vec. And that to me, and the way that they sold it with the cultural influences for each one, that to me is how you truly distinguish an art style. So later on down the line, when we've all had time to play Ashes and we've been able to see all these different types of races and architectural styles through the art style in the world, that is when you're going to be able to look at a screenshot and go, that is a VEC, mm-hmm. 100%, and that is Ashes of Creation. That's where I think the uniqueness starts to come out. You you named the, the low-hanging fruit on this one by far in saying that the Nakua. The, you will be able to look at a screenshot of a Nakua on some coastal node and immediately know that that is Ashes of Creation. And that to me is where these differences really start to shine 
over time as you've immersed yourself in the world. Mm, that's true. Very good. Well, so Damn. so far from let's just do a real real quick, and this may not be fair yet because we're not even alpha two yet. But let's just do a pre-alpha two grade. I think that may be fair. Of how would you rate the arc styles and divine of Ashes of Creation coming into Alpha Two? Out of 10. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of like when they do when the NFL draft comes out and like seconds after the NFL draft comes out, they draft next year's class. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like and you have players that like you have no freaking idea about and they're putting like a mock draft together of something that is so infinitely far away that right. it is it is so difficult to do. So I just want to be absolutely clear here. Can you formulate the question on exactly what I'm going to answer? I'm going to try my hardest to, to give you an actual answer to the question you ask. So I'm going to be very specific here. So ask the question to me exactly the way you want me to answer it. Tell me like, like he's I'm five. five years old. Tell, exactly. like, no, like Tell I'm me five. like I'm five. Tell right. me like I'm five. So the circle goes in the circle. And the <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, all right. So going into Alpha 2, what we've seen so far, how would you rate it on a scale of one to ten? 10 being the best as far as uh, art styles and design. In Ashes of art styles and design. Going into Alpha 2, how would I rate the art styles and design of Ashes of Creation? 7. No, I'm going to give it an 8. I'm going to give it an 8 because I think that it looks beautiful. Like, they the, they clearly have the technical prowess down of, uh, of what's going on. The things that they are making look competent and, uh, and exquisite. Capes. Capes is a big thing for the chat. The chat is like, yes, we'd like to talk about the capes. We'll give the capes a nine. Capes are clearly raising the score here, right? <laughs> like on average, if it was no just capes. a game about no capes. capes, we'd be in the nine ten range. But I think that what what brings it back a little bit more towards the B level of an eight is that I don't think that right now I can, the theme of this whole show, look at a screen and say that's Ashes of Creation. I think that I'm not quite there yet, and I will get there over time. Right now, they have the technical prowess of making things look beautiful and making things look real. But when we go into a node, the cities that I see look like New World cities. They look like pretty, you know, predictable, beautiful wooden cities, human-made, et cetera, et cetera. I haven't seen enough about the things that really are going to make ashes stand out. I haven't seen a Tolnar city. I haven't seen a Nakua city. I haven't seen a really awesome Pyre hovel, you know, stuff like that. Like, I want to see a node on one of these lesser races that I can look at it and go, that's cool. That's the kind of stuff that you just don't get in the Highwayman Hills. You're going to get a fairly beautiful, but somewhat bland experience because that's not what they're showing off at this point. They're showing me mechanics uh, and they're not they're not giving away, uh, you know, all the goodies quite yet. So I'm going to give it an eight. That's, that's a solid, solid number, I think. And this is not at all a knock in, at the game to me. It's, it's it's the I want to see it keep getting better because I love it. I love seeing what I'm seeing. So for me, I'm going to go with, uh, I would say seven and a half. I'm going to go with eight as well, I think. I think eight, uh, because there's just a lot of things that I've yet to see. The things I've seen are stunning. I mean, gosh, when I watch the Tumok video, I love to go watch it and just see how the shadows rest on and watch the clouds move and the fog pass over the sun. Like, it, just amazing, amazing stuff. But for me overall, because I want to see more and need to see more, for no sure reason that I'm a fan, like, <laughs> and see it keep improving. I'm going to go with an eight. I'm going to go, I'm going to go one, one, one bigger. Um, and the reason being is because I have a lot of faith in what they are building. And to me, an art style that meshes beautifully in this perfect weave between the art of a world and the story it tells and the story the game tells that is what makes a world even more beautiful to me. I already believe and, and know that this world is beautiful because we've seen it. I love the art style. I love that it's not stylized. I love that it has a good air of realism. And when I watched Steven and the development team walk through that node during the, um, the node system showcase, 
it blew my mind seeing the beauty and the realism that was built into that settlement. Um, so for me, I'm giving it a nine. I want to leave room to grow. I love the visuals of the game. I love the high, the high fantasy art style that they have they have chosen to remove the technological advances that some fantasy worlds have uh, that are very steampunky. I'm glad that's not here. I'm glad this is very classic fantasy. And because of those, I mean, it's so much of it, so much goes into it for me. And it's it's the size of the world, um, the size of the areas to hear that the Riverlands is as large as it is. And they showcase a lot of the Riverlands and each of these little areas have their own flavors and story. When you mix that story into an art style, that is what gets a very, very high rating for me. And I, I realize that nine is probably a little bit ambitious at this point, but I have tons of faith that this team is going to interweave some pretty amazing stories into the world. And like I said, that, that just enriches a score for me on something like this. So yeah, nine for me with room to grow. Mm, there you go. Pre-alpha two. I like it. All right. Well, this was fun, gentlemen. This is very fun. I look forward to having this conversation again, post-alpha, you know, middle of Alpha 2, beginning of Alpha 2, all those fun things. But uh, anyway, well, everyone, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We appreciate you, and uh, thank you so much for pushing play. If you enjoyed this show, please please let us know how we're doing. I wanted to say two words at once. Turns out it doesn't work. Please let us know how we're doing. <laughs> Leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're using. Truly, it tells us uh, what you think of the show, how it could improve, whatever, you know, however you feel. We'd love to hear from you. And plus, it tells other gamers as well if this show fits for them. So please take a couple minutes. It really helps the show and leave your reviews. You can always call us 516-875-1776. Try to keep your men, uh, voicemail around a minute or less if you want to play it on the show. And of course, you can email us loreforgedhq at gmail.com. Sonny. Thank you to everyone that did leave us voicemails. That was super fun and it helps the show. So thumbs up, two thumbs up from a beekeeper. On the website, you can go to loreforge.com to find links to all of our Ashes of Creation content. YouTube, we love the YouTubes. Uh, that is at youtube.com slash at Loreforged. And we have a boatload of stuff there. Twitch, you're watching Twitch right now. It's at twitch.tv slash HQ. And of course, we have the Patreon. We just finished recording our State of the Owl for October 2023, which is our behind the scenes kind of cut loose episodes that are exclusive to our patrons thank you so much to those people and that is at patreon.com slash loreforged hq cash don't forget about our extra live stream folks november 4th 2023 we are going to be doing eight hours of a ttrpg set in the world of vera that's from noon est to 8 p.m est right here at twitch.tv forward slash loreforged hq if you want to follow us on twitter you can follow uh jibs at jibs irl myself at cash quests and Sunny at you, of course, huh? don't forget to follow the show at Loreforged HQ. And if you're into community, you can join us in our Discord community. We have some new members this week. We want to say a big, fond, and heartfelt hello to Firebrand, Blightfire, Daedric, Lancer Actual, Subo, and Trippy Hippie. Thank you for joining our little Loreforged family. We're growing quickly. We are growing. Love it, I love it, love it. All right, well, everyone, thank you again. Have a wonderful week. Have a happy holiday, and uh, we will see you next week with Vladis Gaming on the show, <gasps> our very first guest who's in here, here in chat. <laughs> Vladis is going to join us on the show, and we're all going to sit down and have a big old chit-chat about the caravan system. So have a wonderful week. We'll see you very soon. Take care. Peace, love, and honeybees. Happy Demon Tide, everybody. 31st of a latest. <laughs>